0: The middle school years can be so tricky. Uh, for a mom or dad, there are shifting boundaries and bedtimes. There's the importance of friends. There's uh, there's the phone. There's so much that you have to deal with. And there's not a clearly defined set of rights and wrongs. Mm-hmm. I'm John Fuller, joined by Dr. Danny Huerta, who heads up our Focus on the Family Parenting Team. And I don't know about you, Danny, but we had some challenges, and I think it was a lot of uh, my wife and me getting on the same page. Dina and I had somewhat mm-hmm. different approaches to the middle school years. And so we had a lot to process there.
1: Oh, that's great, John. That's, that's one I didn't think about, that uh, there are differences between parents and that That's still true. Heather and I had those moments. And I, as I was thinking about uh, th- this episode, I was thinking about when my daughter came back with so much more drama uh, with her friends, and and just the emotional ups and downs that I, sorry, the unexpected emotional ups and downs, hyperness, and then all of a sudden, Crash. sad, and oh my goodness, I'm never going to have friends, all my, oh, my friend no one likes me, and all of a sudden, she's got all these kinds of friends all over the place. And then I also noticed during those years, my son uh, having certain difficulties in, in understanding Girls and what they were about. He goes, man, they're so confusing, What's Dad. What's the
0: answer? Because I'm still thinking. Yeah, I, I, I was know. going, son, welcome <laughs> to the club. You know, Sign up, right?
1: And uh, we did talk more about chores mm-hmm. and then opinions they had. It opened up the door for more questions for me to explore where they're coming from, their mm-hmm. opinions, and, uh, and who they are. But as you were saying at the beginning, this is a time where you're going to see a lot more independence starting to, to pop up and also fears socially, fears of growing up. There's so many things that are kind of mixed, emotions there. And uh, what a great opportunity for us to laugh now, but it can be frustrating for parents. It
0: can be. It's also a really exciting opportunity for us as parents. And uh, we're going to hear now from somebody who's very enthusiastic about the middle school years, the junior high years, Uh, Becky Harling is a mom of four. And she spoke with Focus President Jim Daly to discuss some of the ways that she navigated this season as a mom.
2: Let me turn a little bit to the older child, kind of the teen years, maybe yeah. going into junior high. Let's just pick the most difficult part of life. <laughs> <laughs> how do you begin to shift, like when dealing with your nine-year-old daughter, now the 13-year-old or the 12-year-old pre-adolescent, what? how are you encouraging them to have a voice when you know they can kind of care less if mom listens
3: yes
2: (laughs) (laughs) did i do that well
3: you did you know whatever yes whatever the role the eye roll you know i i think there again it goes back your central goal as a parent is not to correct behavior, it's to develop connection so that that child, and to pray for your child so that they hopefully will grow up with an openness to a connection with Jesus. And so you have to keep that at the forefront of your thinking, because I mean, we all know junior high years are wonky years, right? And Absolutely. kids go up and down, and I remember one of our daughters having a massive meltdown. I It was the beginning of high school, I think, so a little older than junior high, and I, was trying to listen, but I found myself getting defensive, and it was just escalating. She was having this massive meltdown, and I kept saying, but I didn't mean to come across that way. I meant to come across this way. And finally, Steve came in, and he said, can I take over? And I was like, by all means. (laughs) Thank (laughs) you, husband. Yes. And he just pulled that child on his lap, and he just said, tell me more. And really, Wow, Her meltdown had nothing to do with me. Huh. It had everything to do with the pressure she was facing at school, pressure from girlfriends, pressure for all the things. And Steve just kept saying, tell me more, hon. I love you. Tell me more. And she did. And I, I think that's an important concept for parents to get.
2: Yeah. And I mean, you're really hitting where I wanted the conversation to go. At some point in time, we have to let go and let our children make mistakes. I think that's always the fear of our parenting because I think we feel like it reflects upon us, right? How well they behave is our identity yeah i mean try being in christian leadership and having your kids have a meltdown right people look at you like oh you're not doing the job you know so and you know thankfully gene and i were like whatever (laughs) i mean we're (laughs) trying our best here and the boys were so so normal i loved it i we prayed to the lord lord just let our boys have a normal childhood Uh and i think they really did get that yeah Uh, but in that context uh we do have to let go your son jj experienced I think something similar with his homework. Let's go to the next thing. Homework in junior (laughs) high. Yeah. Um, What happened?
3: Well, and JJ was so, you know, you talked at the beginning of the show about how kids are all different. So we had our firstborn, Bethany, who, you know, did everything by the rules. Yes, that's And straight A's, you know, 98, 100. And we had (laughs) JJ. He was just more like... Yeah, why would I kill myself for those good grades like Bethany does when I can get by getting a 90 (laughs) with two minutes of work, you know? He was
2: the party organizer. Right, right. (laughs)
3: And and so, you know, I just remember there was a season where he he was really loving soccer and football. And recess is everything for a, a kid, especially like him. And, you know, if you forgot your homework... You had to give up part of recess, and you know I didn't want my kids to suffer like any parent out there, right? I always wanted to dive in and rescue them, you know. Yes, that probably Mom. comes out of my childhood <laughs> anyway. So I took his homework, and I, on the third day, I took his homework. And, to school, yeah. To school for him so (laughs) that he would get to go out to recess. I felt bad for him. I'm like, okay, everybody knows that a 10 year old boy needs recess. So, but then Steve said, no, no, we're not going to take it anymore. He leaves it on the table. He gives up recess, you know? And it wasn't harsh at all. It was just letting him suffer the consequences of his choices. And, you know, after that, he didn't forget. Yeah. And that's a
2: good 10 year old example. Of letting them suffer. I'm sure he, he more often than not then began to bring his homework yeah. to school, right?
3: Most days. <laughs> yeah,
2: probably not every day. Yeah. Which is yes. a great example of what you're trying to accomplish, right? Yes. You're not going to do it perfectly.
0: Right. But right. get them moving in the right direction. Well, somebody listening to Becky's stories might be thinking, my daughter is having a meltdown every day, or my son never remembers. He always forgets his homework. So, Danny, how do we talk to our kids? When it's really an unhealthy pattern, it's not just an occasional, it's like an all the time kind of thing. And it's not good.
1: Yeah, and you know, behaviors and emotions are just part of the puzzle. Okay. It gives us information that something deeper is happening. So you want to explore. You can say, hey, I'm observing this, or I've, I've noticed these things are happening, and they're happening over and over again. We need to explore a little further. What is missing? Or what is happening because these are just signals to me that i need to ask the right questions and as a parent make sure you're asking god for wisdom to bring things to the surface that need to be known as you're entering this space with your kids most of the things that kids are doing are not necessarily intentional there are outpourings of their perceptions their beliefs things that are happening maybe socially or frustrations where they don't feel they're good enough at school, they're comparing themselves to others. And so explore those bigger questions. Hey, do you feel you're, you're not as valuable as another person at school? Do you feel that uh, maybe you're not belonging at school? Do, or, do you feel that you're not doing well uh, like other kids are in sports or other things? What is really happening? Because I see your behaviors and emotions telling me something
0: This is really good because, uh, no kidding, just an hour ago I was having a conversation with a colleague who was saying, what am I going to do? My my eighth grader is this, this, and this. This is how he's acting. How am I supposed to manage this? And um, all I knew to say was, well, there's probably something behind the behavior. There's Mm -hmm. something going on. And so I love the questions you're asking. Let's say that... I'm, I'm hearing you, yeah. and I ask the questions, and I get nothing. Nothing What should all. I do?
1: Well, first be patient with it, and then continue to observe. Maybe you take them for a walk, you go out to dinner, and you continue to say, I'm still concerned about you. I think we're going to need to go visit a counselor, or uh, this pattern is just—it it worries me because it's not healthy for you. Mm-hmm. And really pointing it to them that I'm not trying to control you. And this isn't about you interfering with my comfort zone. I really want the best for you. I want things to go well. You seem unhappy. You seem kind of out of control. And I just want to come alongside of you as you figure this out because this is the life you get. And I want you to have the best one possible. I'm on your team. So let me in, please. Yeah,
0: that's great. I love your heart. Love that insight, Danny. And that's the kind of help we have here at Focus on the Family. We're a phone call away. Uh, We do have a counseling team, but I'm going to point you to Becky's book because it really is significant in terms of the practical applications and the stories she tells and the advice she gives and kind of the breath, the pause she'll allow you to take so you can better uh, lean in and hear from your kids. Becky's book is How to Listen So Your Kids Will Talk. We're making that available for a gift of any amount to the ministry today. And uh, the donation link is in the show notes.
1: And John, we created a wonderful curriculum called Launch into the Teen
0: Years. Oh, it is wonderful. Yes. And
1: uh, this gives a great opportunity for parents of children about the ages of 8 to 12, 13-ish, to enter conversations on identity, friendships, influences, All the way to the conversation around sexuality. That's what. And bringing a biblical worldview to all of that. And really, the intent is to open up great conversations
0: for you and your preteen. Well, you've heard our heart to come alongside and equip you. Uh, Those are two great resources Becky's book and then uh, Launch into the Teen Years. If there's anything else you need, give us a call. The number is in the show notes as well. Well, Becky's going to be back next time sharing about how to encourage your kids when they do something right. Uh, That's so critical. And for now, on behalf of Dr. Danny Huerta and the entire staff, I'm John Fuller, and thanks for listening to the Focus on the Family Parenting Podcast.
3: parents parent here if you're searching for biblical and practical tips for your kids specific age you know with all that extra time you have well you can stop focus on the family has weekly age and stage emails that bring the tips to you each week i get an email for my son that i can read on my phone and put directly into practice no more sifting through junk on the internet i can focus my time on being intentional it's easy visit mykidsage.com add your kids age and get to parenting better that's mykidsage.com